This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. everyone and welcome to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on uh, the Black Cod Sports Network. You can tune in each and every Saturday at 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Again, right here on the Black College Sports Network. Today's guest menu looks like this. You see him on the screen. Charles Edmund will be joining me for today's show. And also, Brandon B.J. Jones of Inside HBCU uh, Football. Here's what's trending. Then we'll introduce uh, Charles Edmond officially. Prairie View A&M releases Dr. Reed as a director of athletics, and this release was immediately. He's no longer the director of athletics at Prairie View A&M. Also, on a, a somber note, um, administrator of the Facebook page, uh, Friends Who Love Southern University Sports, Sean Derek Perkins, uh, tragically passed away. Uh, never got a chance to meet him, but, uh, you know, we would exchange emails, text messages. Uh, I know he watched the show, but, but most of all, he was a huge Southern University uh, supporter, fan. Um, so he's going to be missed. So, journey. Well, Sean, uh, Derek Perkins, who passed away, uh, administrator, uh, friends who love Southern University sports on uh, on Facebook. Charles, good morning to you, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing well, doing well. Another Saturday, another opportunity to get better, another opportunity to see how this SWAC race is going to shake out. Some big games today. 
on both sides of the ledger, east and west, including one here um, in Itabina coming up at six o'clock, Alcorn Valley. So buckle up, should be a fun evening. Well, Charles, we can uh, get out of the way now or we can just wait and, and just go through the uh, uh, groove, the vibes of the show. But uh, Southern University in a big game today as well. And I don't know, you can say co-games of the week, Southern and Prairie View, Jackson State, uh, and Alabama State for their homecoming. But I, I'm, I'm just going to go, and uh, I'm going to be objective here. I'm just going to say simply it, it's, it's Southern University and, and, and Prairie View. Again, I could go a co-games of the week, but I, I think this one really, uh, between Southern University and Prairie View A&M, for the winner, it's going to propel them a little bit deeper into the uh, Western Division race. But for Southern University, a, a loss simply with a divisional team will give them two losses overall. But as you stated, that two is actually – it seems to be more than two games lost because he's in the division, but a huge matchup. I mean, a huge matchup and a lot of storylines with Coach Dooley coming back to Prairie View. Jason Dumas, who, by the way, just was fantastic in his first official start last week. We'll get a little bit more in, into that. But, but Charles, last week, you thought your prediction – was that Southern would lose that ball game. How wrong you were. Just simply a 59-3 defeat of the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. And look, I get it. They had players out. Uh, they were banged up. But guess what? You still have to come out and win the ball game. And Southern University uh, 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 did that. But 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 your opening statement on on how wrong you were. <laughs> well, as they say, if if uh, if you can if you can't take it, don't dish it out. And so I, I dished it out. I dished out my predictions based on the data and intel I had at the time seven days ago, and I was very wrong about it. Absolutely wrong. And so uh, I'll say that I was I was it was not one of my better weeks. I, I'll, I'll say that you know. Uh, congratulations to the Jaguars for bouncing back, getting up off the mat, because um, that's what they're going to have. That's what they had to do. And, you know, I didn't expect that type of one-sided game. Um, I just thought based on a number of factors, I thought based on the fact that Skylar Perry was going to be healthier, as it turns out, he didn't play. That was huge. And he, he, he clearly is their heart and soul offensively. Without him, they, they, they don't have any punch offensively. Didn't know he was going to be out. But, you know, Southern, as B.J. Jones said last week, Southern looked like a team that had two weeks off, mad, aggravated, angry, got tired of hearing all the, you know, all the criticisms, you know, being shut out and all of that. And they they came out storming, you know, pretty balanced. I looked at the stats of almost 300 yards passing. McRae, 298, I believe, almost 300 yards rushing. Uh, that's kind of the – that's – I was really surprised at the rushing numbers because we know Eric Dooley loves to throw the football. So, but hey, congratulations. Southern University got off the mat. And so I, you know, all you can say is that they got it done and I didn't. 
And uh, we'll see what happens today, though, when they, they play Prairie View. One of the big – I call it a big swing game. There are a couple of swing games. I think you can put the Jackson State-Alabama State game in that same category, a big swing game there because I think even that game, he has even more implications because there are a number of teams waiting for Jackson to falter. And, you know, on the western side, you got the Braves kind of waiting for Prairie View to falter because then that means the Braves would be undefeated, assuming they get it done here tonight. So this – you know, as you see the highlights there, I mean, the, the defense, a pick six and all that. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, Southern played really, really well. And I was I was surprised at how well they played because I thought it was, you know, playing at home, you know, a lot of uh, anxious Jaguar fans. You know, it could be intense playing at Mumford Stadium, even if you're the home team. And I thought, you know, getting up off the mat was going to be tough for them, but they did. So you move on to the next week. You won last week, and now Southern will try to win this week against Prairie View? Well, I uh, thought of it as energy, effort, and they were focused. Jason Dumas, he was missed. Now, this was, last week was his first start, but he did get in a a little bit of uh, action I I saw against uh, uh, LSU. But uh, a great game. From the first play with Southern on defense, they were in the backfield. As you see, Corinne Harris with a pick six. And, and you look at that defense, they, they forced quite a few turnovers. Pick six, Derrick Williams, a linebacker, set up another touchdown. As you can see, I'm very excited going over to uh, the crowd at A.W. Mumford Stadium. But the defensive front seven was just outstanding. Forced turnovers. And, and, and let's give kudos to McCray and the staff, the quarterback, offensive coordinator, which is Coach Dooley. McCray played much better, under control, although he had a, a, a pick. But for the most part, he played smart. And a lot of times you could kind of see him going through his progressions quickly. And, boy, Quincy Reshore last week in that interview – uh, nailed it. Having been in that uh, place, position uh, that Sean McCray was, I thought he did very well. He improved. Now, you're going to look for consistency with um, Sean McCray and, and this, this game today, which starts at 4 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus, It's another opportunity to get better, to be consistent. Consistency is what you're looking for now. Special teams, Joshua Griffin, outstanding. Kickoffs, touchbacks. Pretty much, I think only maybe one, maybe two, but I, I'm sure of one that that was returned that didn't go into the end zone. Uh, Kendrick Rhymes, a dual threat running back, can play wide receiver, and as Coach Dooley talked about, could actually start as, as a wideout. I thought he had a tremendous game. So, but overall, you'll go back to it. Energy, the energy was much better. The effort was there, and the focus throughout the game. So, the Jaguars fifty-nine to three over the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. Fifteen thousand seven hundred and ninety-two were in attendance. Charles, you mentioned about um, the team statistics: two hundred and fifty-two yards for Southern rushing the football. Arkansas Pine Bluff. Three yards. Net yards passing. Jaguars 298 yards passing. 
Arkansas Pine Bluff 187, and a good bit of that was in the, we'll say, the fourth quarter. Southern also continues to play a lot of people. They'll rotate, you know, eight offensive linemen, uh, eight defensive linemen, just an overall great performance. Now, if there's one thing that you could point to that has to improve, and it has also been consistent, that's been penalties. Nine penalties for 95 yards, that's that's a problem. And you've got to correct that. That could literally cost you some drives. Uh, we've seen early in the season in the red zone that penalties uh, cost an opportunity to get some points. We could point to the Texas Southern game as one. Time of possession, 36 minutes and 42 seconds for the Jaguars, 23 minutes and 18 seconds for Arkansas Pine Bluff. The Jaguars were 10 of 15 on first down. That's a that's a big improvement. Uh, Bashawn McCray, 14 of 18, 241 yards. And, of course, Kendrick Rhymes, 80 yards. Bashawn McCray, 79. Gerard Sims with 33 yards, rushing on 11 attempts. Leading the way for receptions, Cassius Allen, five receptions for 68 yards. Gregory Perkins, two for 68, and Kendrick Rhymes, two for 39. And uh, Cornelius Dyson, one reception, 35 yards. And Tyler Kirkwood, one reception for 35 yards. Overall, a, a solid, solid victory uh, for Southern University. So with that being said, uh, the Jaguars now must put that behind them. They must put it behind them and now focus on Prairie View and them. And, and, and Charles, if you look at it, uh, just a couple of quick statistics, uh, scoring offense, Southern is second in the conference, 40.5 off 40 points a game, Prairie View fourth, 25 points a game. Scoring defense, Prairie View's number two, giving up 20 points a game, Southern University fourth, 23 points a game. Coach McDowell has uh, continued the success that uh, Coach Dooley has at Purdue and They're a little bit different now offensively. Uh, running, a rushing attack, they go two or three deep, and then they're doing it defensively. Very physical, very stout defensively. So you can see the early lines with that. Southern University offense, I think uh, Bashawn McCray has to be consistent and have another good game. And then Southern University, I think they're going to have to continue to be balanced. They're going to have to be balanced today. And I think Peruvia is going to try to take away one, something from Southern University, whether it be uh, passing attack. But we look at them, uh, they're going to force, they're going to try to stop the run. That's foremost. So if you look at it, it's kind of an old-fashioned way. Tough defense, run the football, win the field position. And by the way, they have the most field goals uh, out of the teams in the conference. So old-fashioned, physical, intangibles. Coach Doolin coming back to Prairie View. He brought half of the staff over with him. They're going back. Uh, a lot of uh, storylines for this this football game, Charles, and uh, it'll be interesting at 4 p.m. Win or go home. Literally for Southern University, they will be in a tough, tough spot if they lose this ball game. 
Prairie View loses, they're still in it. And they have been talking about it. No one uh, gave them credit uh, coming into this season, defending Western Division champions. So um, they, they've, been, they've been wearing that on their shoulders, uh, Charles, in, in my humble opinion. Yeah, yeah, they have. I mean, I, I think when you when you look at Southern University, you know, I, I think, you know, Coach Dooley coming back home, coming back to a place where he had success, you know, all the emotions. I know he wanted to deflect all a lot of that stuff this week. And, you know, Doom is coming mm-hmm. over from Prairie View. That's, you know, that was a big pickup. That was a big transfer that, that you picked up. But, you know, Southern is pretty much in a championship fight every week now, you know, at least for these next two. You know, they got it done last week against UAPB. They're in another one this week, and they'll be in another one next week when Alcorn comes rolling in Baton Rouge. October. They, yeah, they have they Southern has to get back on track in a big way, and in order to do that, they've got to win these next two. If they drop another one these, this week or next week, they got Lynchburg, I think, after that, then I think Jackson State. But if they drop one of these next two, then they probably mm. won't get to where they want to be. I mean, I think it'll be tough to overcome those two hurdles, those two losses especially in the division. Um, you know, you, you brought up a good point, and it's something that we're kind of seeing a little bit. Running the football, you know, the Braves, we know we do that well. We beat UAPB scoring 38 points, and our quarterback, Aaron Allen, had 99 yards passing. Prairie View scored over 30 points last week, and their quarterback didn't even have 100 yards passing. Teams are ground and pound now, running the football. Southern University did a good job of that last week. Prairie View did a good job of it. A number of teams in the league are starting to at least be more committed to running the football where you don't have to put the ball in the hands of the quarterback. Now, Jackson State's a little bit different. I think Shadur Sanders, clearly, you know, he's their leader, and he's trying to spray the ball all over the field. But even though Jackson State's running game has not been what it needs to be, I think they need to be better. But when you got Shadur Sanders slinging it, then you don't necessarily need all of that even though you talk about balance and you definitely have to have that. So I think you're seeing a little bit of a, of a change here in this conference. It's not about the, the gunslinger mentality like it once was when you had the Eric Randalls of the world and the Steve McNairs of the world and the John Gibbs of the world and, and all these other quarterbacks that were pushing the ball down the field. You're seeing some of that, but you're seeing more teams now go to the run and it's not pretty. It's not fancy. It, it doesn't excite you, but that's the way you win football games, ground and pound. And if you can do that, then you can get whatever you want in the passing game. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing right now in the league. And we'll see if that trend continues as teams continue to get more film and more tape on you. Well, you know, I've always stated that, um, and to your point, I like a team to be balanced. And here, here, here's my question. Because if you look at, and I'll go back to last year, Southern University, I think you would agree, ran the football. First down, second down, they threw when they had to. But here's the thing. I'm going to take a different position. To me, I I worry about teams that are one-dimensional. Go back to Southern last year. When you run up against a defense that takes away that, the running game. Are you able to be efficient enough in the passing game? And we saw where Southern um, struggled passing the football. You look at Alcorn. If against UAPB, the running back had an outstanding 
game. Take nothing away from him. But think about it. If they were able to stop the running game, and they did, or slow it down, are you confident enough in your quarterback to defeat you throwing the football or make make plays? Even Purview's quarterback. I was looking at some stats, you know. Not, a, not efficient in the passing, but they have not had to really rely on throwing the football to win. But if Southern can come out, and I think this is where they're going to have to be laser focused on stopping the running game, because that's what Purview and them does well. Take it away from them. And then I will live with Purview and them able to toss the ball around the field. So I guess my question is, Charles, the teams are being committed to the run, the majority of the teams. I think that everyone's goal is to be balanced, but mm. I don't think, of course, the teams have not been balanced. So what happens? If you get something to take away from you that you do best, can you adapt? That is going to be the question. And that is a strategy I would use against all corn and Prairie View. And you prove to me that you can uh, be balanced. Can you do something else well? To me, that's a good strategy. And uh, and if you lose by employing that strategy, you, you live with the results. Yeah, I mean, right, right now, the way it's going in the league, if you can slow down the run, you have a chance of winning the game. And I think, you know, when you talk about the quarterback position, just, just look at the quarterbacks we have in this league right now that are still trying to figure it out. You know, Aaron Allen is still trying to figure it out. Even though McRae only had four incompletions last week, I think it's safe to say that he's still trying to figure out, uh, figure the, these things out. You know, you you look at the quarterback at Texas Southern, you know, still trying to figure it out. There's only you know, a handful of veteran quarterbacks that have been there and done that. And one of them was what you saw last, well, who you didn't see last week was Skylar Perry, who, who's been there and who understands but other than that, for the most part, you have teams in this conference that are still trying to figure out the quarterback position. So what's the quarterback's best friend? A solid running attack. And what you're seeing is you're seeing outstanding running games throughout this league, not just good, terrific. I mean, teams rushing for 300 yards a game. When you can do that, that takes so much pressure off a quarterback. Now, what you've said is absolutely true. There's going to be a point in which you're going to run up against a buzzsaw of a defense that's going to just pretty much solidify the run. That's going to happen. It's just a matter of time before it does happen. You hope it doesn't happen today. You know, when we play Valley or when you guys play Prairie View, then it does fall in the hands of McRae. It does fall in the hands of Aaron Allen. So what happens then? And that's that's where you've got your tight ends have to get involved, your check downs. Instead of stretching the field so much, your intermediate stuff has to be there, you know, to be able to stretch the defense a little bit. You also have to be honest, too. I mean, I think a lot of times, you know, we push the run a lot, which is good because it's been effective. But you also got to be honest because you know defensive coordinators will sit on one thing if that's all you're doing is one thing. And, yes, we've been successful. Yes, you guys have been successful. Yes, other teams have been successful. Prairie has been successful. But at some point, it's going to slow down a little bit, goes in the hands of your quarterback, and then that's where you have to be creative in terms of coming up with things to be able to continue to, to move the chain. So I think that's where the challenge is. I think in the second half of this season, you're going to see more teams stack up against the run. 
And then that's when you're going to see a McRae or an Aaron Allen, you know, step up and, and make some plays. If they do that, that will help their, their team quite a bit. We'll see. But right now, I think the running game, the ground and pound theme is what you're seeing throughout the league. Southern, Alcorn, Prairie View doing a nice job running the football. Even Valley is doing a nice job running the football, even though they've been behind in so many games that they, they've had to try to uh, pass the football to try to get back into the game. But Valley, and when a game is neutral or the game is close, they are very committed to running the football, and they have been successful. So I think that's that's what you're seeing right now. I think teams are still trying to figure out the quarterback position. So you want to settle the game in and settle it down by running the football, and I think that's what teams are doing more so than not right now. And I looked at last last week and, um, you know, saw the game live, then look, looked at the replay. And particularly today, when Southern goes against Prairie View and them, which they bring a lot of pressure. Yeah, you, you look at your check downs. And I think one of the things we can look for into this day's game too, uh, Kendrick Grimes and Sims coming out of, the, out of the backfield. And then a lot of times you're not going to have time to go deep. So what about your curls and your hooks, that, the intermediate uh, passing? And then too, uh, I, I, good job by uh, Bashawn McCrae, you know, you can see him kind of, okay, going through my present progressions quickly. Okay, my check down, get the ball to him. The back's out in the backfield. And then sometimes Kendrick Rhymes will come out of the backfield in motion, and, you know, he, he he's, a, he's in the slot. So there are creative ways to uh, combat a great, you know, defensive team. It, it, it's a chess match, and it's interesting to kind of look and see in actual real time uh, some, of, some of the adjustments of, of that are made, but uh, McCrado, he has to again just kind of follow up a good performance with another one, and another, and just be consistent. And one of the things with McCray, he doesn't have to win the ball game. Although Coach Julie says he's not looking for a game manager, he's looking for a guy who can make plays and win. And then you always have to account for him as as well, because we saw in the highlights. Uh, a terrific run of about 36 yards. So that's a that's another element. And then, too, going back to the defense, your defense uh, scores for you. That's great. And then sets you up on a short field. So overall, it, 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 it was an outstanding performance. And then last week, I, I think, and you tell me if I'm wrong, I think you were more so – thinking about Southerns from a mental standpoint, not necessarily the physical part of you know, getting shut out against Texas Southern and losing 24 to zero, but mentally where was the team? I, I didn't have any worries about it because I, I kind of gave a, a, a historical perspective when, when Southern lost all core. Remember the example I gave and they had to hear all of the chatter Um but that's what coaches are paid to do. They've got mm-hmm. to get this team ready mentally and forget about that. As much as we're talking about UAPB and Southern, it was an outstanding victory. You have to put that past in, in the past. Now that, that that's in the long-term memory because you've got to be focused on today. Will they bring the energy? Will the effort be there? Will the focus be there again uh, for the second week in a row? 
You can't look ahead. You got to win the week because then next week, all corn come, come to town. So this month of October, historically, has always been tough for a lot of teams. And this October, it, it, it's the same, specifically for Southern University. Uh, win the week. That's what you have to do. Can't look back. Can't look forward. And we'll see how this, this football team, uh, how they're going to uh, perform today. You know, a lot of people, you know, the storylines, of course, Dooley coming back to Prairie View. And Coach Dooley is the type, if it is emotional, he's not going to let on to it. He's going to try to have his team prepared. And, you know, and, and, and Charles, I can, if you didn't know, you can tell Coach Dooley being under um, his protege, um, his mentor, excuse me, his mentor, Coach Coach Richardson, the same same way. Never get too high, never get too low. And um, a lot of the fans were, you know, of course, disappointed about the game against Texas Southern. But a good win plus another good win today, if they can get it, no one's really going to talk about it, about the Texas Southern game. But it was a game that was on the schedule, just like each preceding weeks uh, going, going forward. You know, part of the reason why I picked Pine Bluff to mm-hmm. win the game was because of my uncertainty in terms of how this Southern team under a new coach would respond to a very difficult loss. Now, I know last week and previous weeks you talked about Dawson Odoms. You know, if Dawson Odoms was coaching this team, I would have had Southern to win last week because when their back's against the wall, you know this, and I think everyone who follows Southern knows that it seems like under that administration, Southern played their best football when their back was against the wall. You know, they, they went to Preview and blew them out one year when no one gave them a chance to win the game. So with a new administration, a new way of doing things, you don't know how a team gets gets themselves up off the mat. You don't know how do the coach team does that. You looked at Preview and you looked at the fact that, you know, they lost to Texas A&M at the end there and they lost – you know, they lost the game against Valley, and then they lost the SWAC championship game. So I was that was kind of in my mind, too, as I was making my prediction. How would this team respond to a difficult situation and playing at home? We know playing at Mumford is not the easiest place in the world, not even for the home team when there's pressure. And there was pressure. There's no doubt about that. So that was kind of – that's how I came up with my rationale of UAPB, veteran quarterback, team that can run the football a little bit, you know, can team defensive. That's why part of the reason why I, I picked UAPB. Yes, I was wrong, dead wrong. Southern came out and played. Now we know that Southern can get off the mat. Now that they're back on level a little bit, playing in a tough place, Dooley's former place of employment, can they get it done again? Because no one's going to be talking about UAPB if you don't be preview today. And so I think that's you know that's going to be the the huge storyline. Because Southern can't afford another loss right now if they want to get to where a lot of people expect them to be, which is in the SWAC championship game. They don't win today. They don't win. I mean, let's just look at today. They don't win today. Probably won't get there. Not saying that it's it's not impossible, but probably not. A lot has to happen. A lot has to happen that will be out of your control. Because the only thing you can do is win your game. And if you lose your second game in the division, you got to hope two other things happen that are out of your control. And that probably doesn't happen. That's probably not going to happen. So that's, you know, that's why I think that these games for Southern, these next two are critical because then they'll get back on level. 
They'll have tiebreakers. They go into Lynchburg and get that, and then Jackson, and then just kind of go from there. Because Southern, again, like I said last week, they have a very front-loaded uh, division schedule early on. They don't play their first game against the East until Jackson State. That's at the end. Then they've got Mississippi Valley. Then they've got Florida A&M. And FAMU's fight for their lives right now. So it's, you know, you got to get these division wins when you can get them. And you got a lot of them early. That's what Southern has to at the front end of the schedule. So, you know, just explaining my rationale for why I picked Pine Bluff. I was dead wrong. I was dead wrong, way off base. But, you know, know. I, 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 <laughs> I mean, not even. I, you know, yeah. I didn't pick that spirit at all. I mean, I'm way off. You know, but congratulations. You know, congratulations. But you, know, to but, you know, I just look at the other intangible things as to why mm-hmm. I make my picks and, you know, the mental aspect of it and just trying to, you know, rebound from tough situations. I didn't know whether Southern could do that or not. They did. So I'll put that in my clip and save file and we'll we'll see what happens today. Well, all you had to do was ask me, Brother Charles. (laughs) (laughs) Again, too, you know, I've, I've always said, though, you'll find out the true metal of a team and its character when you get hit in the mouth. And you're knocked down. It's just like in a box match. You get hit, and if you if you've never been put down on the canvas, how do you react when you get up? Do you panic, or do you come out swinging? And let's say if you really got hit, and you you get a standing eight count, and you've seen box, and then they get up. If they make it up, then you've got to really turn the switch on, but then you got to clear your head a little bit. You know, you just want to survive the round. But when a when you get some adversity, and I've always said it, how does a team respond? Southern responded well. Let's see if other teams, how they respond, if, if they're in that same position, because that's the true test of toughness, how you can come. And you have to hear it. Another example, FAMU got destroyed, right? Literally the same score. How did they respond? I think they came back and responded. Well, they were they were a little shaken, but look at them now. They're, they're, they're improving. They're playing better. And we can't see them in another rematch with Jackson State. That that can't happen. But they can go on with the rest of their season. So it'll be interesting to, to, to see what happens. University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. They had you know Perry out. Had several starters out. Let's see how they respond from the loss last week to Southern University. This conference race will continue to go on. And some have said it's been wild and wacky so far. I don't know if I would term it in that way, wild and wacky, but it has been wild so far, and it's still early. The month of October always tells the teams where they are and what they are made of, and this October is no different. We're going to take a timeout when we come back um, It'll be more of the Colos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports uh, Network. Of course, Brandon B.J. Jones is uh, coming up 
at the top of the hour, hour number two. We'll look into uh, conference uh, standings. We'll look at the games this week, and then we'll we'll go uh, review the games from last week. Um, just a lot of uh, good football going on today in college football. You're watching the Colos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service with Slowburn. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. It's more than a mobile lounge. It's an environment and an experience rich in history, luxury, and personality. An elegant extension of any celebration occasion. It's the perfect escape and meeting place. A space where you can relax or enjoy a shared passion. Have Slowburn plan your next big event or before you are planning to celebrate your win over your athletic rival, you can shop our collections at www.slowburnwaco.com. But if they want to tap, uh, I'm going to do the dab, yeah. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Some carriers will give you just one measly entertainment subscription. One is no fun. With Verizon, there's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan. That's seven times the... <laughs> seven times the... No, no. Seven times the... Yeah. Music, gaming, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN+, Plus, and more. That's seven times the entertainment. Because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better costs less than you think. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thins reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. 
Rethink your pack for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Bins. This is always like never before. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you, got, you guys do for us. picks up messes quicker and each sheet is two times more absorbent so you can use less he's an eight he's a nine bounty the quicker picker upper oh that spin class was brutal well you can try using the buick's massaging seat oh yeah that's nice can i use apple carplay to put some music on sure it's wireless pick something we all like okay hold on what's your buick's wi-fi password buick envision 2021 but oh, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable that's a really tight spot don't worry i used to hate parallel parking me too hey really outdid yourself yes we did the all-new buick envision an suv built around you Welcome back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show, right here, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Um, AD Drew is producing now, and we'll thank Roy Evans for getting us started. And uh, he had to remind us, Charles, during the break, that he would also state that maybe 1A and 1B, the games of the week, and of course, some may agree, some may disagree. Mm-hmm. Of course, Southern and Prairie View, 4 p.m. ESPN Plus. The game is in uh, at Prairie View, uh, Texas, on the campus of Prairie View A&M. And also, I forgot about this. So, uh, that's other South Carolina State and FAMU games being played uh, in South Carolina State, uh, Orangeburg, South Carolina. So, uh, Charles, I kind of have to agree with that. Although you. Perhaps disagree is Jackson State and Alabama State. But some say potato, some say potato. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I, I, I'm going to agree with AD on that one. Yeah, I mean, that South Carolina State FAMU game is intriguing. You know, I forgot about it myself, actually. You know, there are a couple of places I would love to go. I haven't been. I haven't been to Tallahassee. And I would love to go to Orangeburg. 
You know, Alcorn back in the day used to play South Carolina State on a regular basis, and I would love to see, you know, that beautiful campus there uh, at in Orangeburg, South Carolina. So, yeah, I would agree that that game, you know, you, you talked about it in the last segment, how for FAMU it's about, you know, all they can do is win the week, and all that's all they can do. They can't control what Jackson State's going to do or not going to do. They obviously have to hope for Jackson State to stumble twice, you know, because they lost to them in, in, down in Miami. All they can do is just win the week and see what happens. And that that's a tough position to be in when you can't really control your destiny, which, you know, for FAMU, their, their sights are high. They want to win the East, but it's not under their control. But, you know, for them to continue to, to progress and get better, because we're approaching the midway point of the season. This is, what, the first week in October? And so we're getting to the midway point of the season. You know, either you're going to be a contender or a pretender or a spoiler. A contender, a pre, uh, a contender, a pretender, or a spoiler. You're going to be one of those three teams, and after this week, you're going to kind of see a little bit more of that because some teams probably won't get there. Some teams will just keep their foot in the door, and some will definitely be in control. So we'll we'll see how this week you know plays out. But you know, some really good games across black college football, and looking forward to seeing how it shakes out. Well, we said in the summer that. It's going to be pressure every week. That hasn't changed. You have to look at winning the week because if you get caught up looking ahead, you can lose. Once again, if you do face some adversity, how do you respond to it? So when this conference went to, they brought in two extra teams, two new members, and then the, the, the coaches that were that were hired that were brought in. That's the way it is now. It, it's a lot of pressure. And who can handle the pressure? Not, you know, we're talking about football specifically now, but but with all sports. Now. Yeah. Instant gratification now. If you if you lose one game, it's trouble. If you lose two, it's really bad. And so that's where we are now at this point. You call it the month of October. Some will say October red. Some yeah. will be October happy. Some will be October sad. It is going to be very interesting. <laughs> um, well, 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 to your look- point, Carlos, mm-hmm. you know, quickly, you know, we talked about Coach Sanders and what he's doing, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. Hugh Jackson is struggling at Grambling big time. You know, they got a mm-hmm. game at A&M who got off the deck last week. And now the talk this week is Eddie George losing the lane. You know, there are people out there saying now that is can can, can Eddie George get it done? Because a loss like that lingers on. So we'll, you know. Oh, no. Really? Really? Wait a minute. They they are upset and they want to f- – am I going to say the F word? No, not the F bomb. <laughs> the F yeah. word. Or is it disappointment? Yeah. Any no, given I, Saturday. I, I, I think in this case, I think for Tennessee State's case and that loss to Lane, it's a little bit, it's a little bit more serious than just disappointment. I think there's a little bit of anger up there in Nashville to me, just based on the social media chatter that's been, that you've seen this this last week. That was not expected at all, not at all. And so, yes, it, it's it, it when you lose a game like that, then of course the question is going to come up. You know, was the right hire being made? And so that that's one of those deals where, look, winning solves a lot of a lot of things. Losing brings up stuff 
from the from from beneath the surface. And so all these things, you know, happen in the ebbs and flows of fandom. Just like people thought Dooley wasn't the right guy for the job, was McRae the right quarterback, and then here we are. People are celebrating. People are ha- well, not celebrating, but people are happy down in Baton Rouge. Now come eight o'clock tonight, they're going to be mad again if they don't be Prairie View. Just like with us, you know, we led against Stephen F. Then we were outscored seventy-three to three. Now we've scored sixty-nine points the last two games. It's the ups and the downs. It, it's the ebbs and flows of fandom. This is what we do. This is what it's about. So we'll see what happens today with Valley. You know, right up the road here from where I am. But, yeah, people, I mean, that's been the talk this week about Tennessee State losing the lane. That's one that a lot of people up there didn't see coming. And probably a lot of people in Nashville are probably still smarting about it seven days later. And to add on to that, zero. What does that represent? Zero wins, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But let's go back and look at some of the comments. Tennessee State, Eddie George, NFL great. Would you agree with that? Mm -hmm. Played, of course, in the NFL. Played in college, Ohio State. That was good for Tennessee State. So I'm being facetious here. You know that. But those, (laughs) those Tennessee State fans, how dare you? How dare you be disappointed? It is what you want it. So give him some time. Give him some time. I understand that you're upset, embarrassed, been there, done that. But let's see how they face adversity. Also, and I guess I better be careful with this one, five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> Norfolk State. Coach Dawson Odoms. Zero wins. Now, albeit they played up a couple of weeks, right? Just chill out, everybody. Chill out. And remember, the decisions you make, you have to live with it. So that was a huge, huge upset. Yeah, I was being facetious. I yeah, Charles, <laughs> I, I had saw it, but you know, I, I'm not now. Nah, I'm not going to comment any anymore. I'm not going to make fun. Because I know how it feels to have to pick yourself up when your team had an embarrassing loss. But it's going to be interesting to see the rest of the season. You know, and and once again, I'll say this. You make your choice, but I'm always going to be for the coaches who are looking for opportunities to get a chance to whether they fail or succeed. And I'm always back back them up. We've got plenty of uh, position coaches that are going to be looking for a, a head coaching position eventually. And I wish them the, uh, much success. I mean, even some of the coordinators are going to start taking some heat. Now it's win at all costs. But I just say, just chill out a little bit. Tennessee State is probably not as bad as some of their fans think. And some of the analysts think, but of course they're not a, a good football team right now. So I think somewhere they fall somewhere in the middle, Charles. Uh, I, to, to I, I agree. With I, I agree with that, and 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 I do agree with the whole chill out factor. But you and I, we're, we're of the older elk in terms of coaches and the ebbs and flows. 
I think social media, fandom, and the boatload of money these coaches are making has taken away the honeymoon period. There's no such thing as that anymore. I think a lot of people expect these coaches to come in and immediately have success. Just doesn't happen. Now, I don't care if you're making, I mean, even in your town, you got Brian Kelly making $11 million a year or whatever it is, and people, they lost to Florida State and everybody's in an uproar. They bounce back nicely, but it just doesn't happen. It doesn't matter how much money you're making. Brian Kelly's making a million-dollar contribution to uh, LSU facilities for an upgrade of their weight room or something that made the news this week. He's putting his own sweat in the game. But that doesn't necessarily mean that LSU is going to be a top-10 team. That has nothing to do – I mean, that helps, but that doesn't have much to do with it. It's his first year. He still has to learn Baton Rouge and the SEC and all that. But we don't, we don't look at it that way. You're making a ton of money. Figure it out right now. It just doesn't – that's just not the way – business works that's just not the way life works look at the coaches that have been fired carlos the, the coaches in the fbs and fcs you know wisconsin's coach was fired he was 62 and 17 or whatever 62 and 27 you know big name Bad coaches decision. have been fired at nebraska you know 60 million dollars in buyout money 60 million dollars it was, it was reported some of these top coaches 60 million in buyouts so, you know, the honeymoon period is is gone. I mean, you've got to come in and win right away. And it's it's just it's very, very difficult to do nowadays with the transfer portal. Some news came out about that in terms of the windows and the different dates. You know, it's very difficult to do that right away. So this is this is where we are. It's the unfortunate new norm. We have to kind of roll with the punches. But I think in our league, Carlos and the SWAC, and this is what we talk about, I don't think it's much as that because the buyouts and the amount of money you're tied into these coaches, if you let them go, you know, Grambling's still paying fobs. I believe he's been paid already. But, you know, just these coaches and these deals, you get rid of them early, you got to pay them. And then you're tied into other coaches. You're paying different staff. So I think it's a little bit different dynamic at our level because of the amount of money that you're already committed to that you will be committed to with another coach. So this is just where we are, unfortunately, or fortunately, however way you want to look at it. And uh, I'm just more of a patient guy. I think you just have to relax, as you say, just just as they say, chill a little bit. It's going to take a little time. And I do think these coaches are really good for a reason. I do think they'll turn it around. I think Dooley will be fine. I think Eddie George will be fine. Um, so I, I think, of course, Coach Sanders is is, is fine. So I, I think, you know, I think everything will, will be okay. But you just can't panic. And you got to stay true to who you are as a coach and as a person. Well, I know people are going to disagree with this statement I'm going to make, but that's what you get sometimes. If I look and this coach doesn't have any head coaching experience, but he has football knowledge, I'm just asking the question, why would you sign that person to five or six years of contract? Why? Up front. No, I wouldn't do it. And we've had this debate, and we're not going to get into it again about it, but I, and I understand coaches have families and they have security. I'm going to put incentives in there. You can get six years. You can get five, but you're not going to get it loaded up front. You'll get it on the back end. And because just because if this happens – no, they can't. Most HBCUs. 
I don't think they can buy them. Okay, we'll just write a check. We'll let you go after year two and you got a six-year deal. We'll write you a check. Right now, we got the big boosters that will we'll cover the, uh, the next four years. Then you got to hire somebody else. No, 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 no. I wouldn't do it. And uh, you remember Tony Clayton, former board member? <laughs> yes. He, he told me the days at Southern University, of course, he's no longer there, of <laughs> five a year contract up front. Even with Coach Dool, you look at three with a mutual option year, but he can get it. And by the way, Charles, I'm going to disagree. You mentioned Coach Dooley. What hot seat is Coach Dooley on? He's not on the hot seat. Cut it out. Cut it out. He's not on the hot seat. Well, He's I'm not more saying hot seat than Fred McNair. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying he is. I'm just reading the social media chatter. That's, I mean, a loss. They lost. Well, people are asking about social media. Yeah, but they're, I mean, you know, people have their opinions. And so I, me personally, no, you know, I'm not an athletic director. I don't profess to be, but I understand the ebbs and flows and the growing pains of a first year coach. I've dealt with plenty of first year coaches from Jay Hobson, Fred McNair, Melvin Spears, Dr. Johnny Thomas. I, I get all of that. That's not, that's not me saying I'm reflecting a lot with some people after Southern lost to Texas Southern, some people felt like, is Dooley the right guy? I felt all along like he was, and he's hired a great staff, and he's he's made the right moves. He just stumbled against Texas Southern, but he picked himself up off the deck. He picked his team off the deck. The team picked themselves off the deck and beat uh, and won last week against UAPB. So you know we'll we'll see you march on. But that's this is just where we are. I mean, you know, people saying about Alcorn and Coach McNair, you know, losing the way we lost that Stephen F. game. The Tulane game wasn't great. And then, you know, we obviously we did a nice job in uh, beating McNeese and did a nice job in beating in UAPB. But there are people that are still kind of uneasy, you know, because of how we're getting it done offensively. Our passing game is, is not there. Jarvie and Howard has been terrific. The running game has been terrific. But there are people that are still uncomfortable, you know, with it. I get calls every week about it. Like, are you happy? Are you satisfied? Ah, that's that's kind of where I'm hearing. Ah. That doesn't mean it's great or doesn't mean it's bad. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's just like the Rams beating Arizona a couple of weeks ago. That's That was my feeling. Ah, and then you come back and get your butt whipped on Monday night against the 49ers. You got physically manhandled. So that that's kind of where I am. But that's not what happened with Alcorn. We we won. People want to see you know domination. People want to see one-sided scores. You're just not going to get that in most cases. You know, these teams are getting better. And you have to continue to get better. Not saying the Braves haven't because they are. The running game's great. The defense has been aggressive. The defensive line has been great. Ten sacks against uh, against McNeese. But just the, the dominance, I think that's what people want to see. And that's that's hard to come by these days because these other teams are getting are getting better. You know, are really getting better. Bethune's getting better. Uh, Valley's going to get better. You know, uh, Pine Bluff was getting better, but they lost Skylar Perry. So, you know, we'll see. But I'm just going with the ebbs and flows of the fans in terms of what they feel. We, I know how you feel. You know how I feel. I'm, I'm patient. You're patient to a certain extent. I'm a little bit more patient. Um, but it's just, but patience is not there with today's fans. People want to see immediate results, and it typically just doesn't happen in most cases. At the FBS level, yes. At our levels, not so much. So we just got to just take a deep breath 
and just understand. These coaches know and they know what they're doing and just give them time to figure it out. I think they will. Yeah, well, once again, if you if if, if you look, and I, I'm, I'm going to come to McNair's defense. Just look at the body of his work. Yeah, I understand what have you done for me lately, but my goodness, I think the majority of uh, alums and fans would love Coach McNair, if say if he's not at Alcorn, and, and look what he's done. He's kind of old school. I, I like that he's able to uh, adapt, then go back to to to, to the foundation, the basic of running the football. And the, the, the divisional titles, the SWAC championships, come on. I'm going to defend Coach McNair. Shame on you. And I understand. I get it. Fans are fanatics. I understand. But let's just have some sense of uh, stability here. You know, I, I'm going to support Southern. I'm going to support Coach Dooley, even if they fall short on their goals. You still have to support. Yeah, you can voice your displeasure. But when you start talking about, you know, even with Coach Eddie George, letting him go after that? Come on, really? But anyway, we're going to take another timeout. I'm going to, I'm still going to get into some more of this uh, Southern and, and Prairie View AM. Of course, we're going to look at, uh, uh, the conference race. We're going to look at games for this week. A lot of good games. And then uh, we'll review last week's ball game. So take a time out. Scheduled to join us next will be uh, Brandon B.J. Jones of Inside HBCU Football. He can uh, maybe bring a calming force to this conversation. And by the way, Charles, he was right last week as well. Also, I got the Alabama and m prediction right. I said they were going to win their first game at home, homecoming. They were able to get it done. And that's the bottom line. Going to be a long race ahead. In the Eastern Division, it's clear and cut right now. In the West, it's not. Albeit, Prairie View, undefeated in the Western Division so far. We'll see if that changes. Uh, This time tomorrow, we'll know. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. We shall return. We get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember they can use less. Sweet pillars of softness. 
This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? Nope. Not going in. Not gonna drown today. Fixing your credit score can be scary, but with Credit Versio, we take the fear out of it. Okay, you can do this. Be brave. Don't cry again. Hey, this isn't too bad. Credit Versio helps dispute negative marks on your credit using our state-of-the-art technology that guides you every step of the way. It's never been easier to fix your credit and increase your credit score. Seriously, you can do this. Visit creditversio.com right now to get started. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. Brown show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Charles, you're enjoying uh, the human jukebox, huh? I am. I don't know if you knew this, Carlos. I was actually in a band in middle school. I played the clarinet. I wanted to play the drums. Yeah, I was. I played the clarinet for about three or four years. I wanted to be a drummer, but my the house that we lived in was too small. Didn't have a garage or anything. Of course, drums make a lot of noise. My mother would let me get the drums because it was just too noisy. But I played the clarinet, and uh, I really enjoyed it. You know, I could have moved up to the saxophone. That's Those are the reed instruments. It takes a reed to blow them. So, uh, woodwinds. I, you know, I, I, wood, wood, woodwinds, correct. And so I was I was really into that in, in, in middle school and just – it, it was a fun time for sure. So I have a lot of respect for people in, in, in these bands because that thing ain't easy. That That is not an easy thing to do. By our radio station, our, our band, Sounds of Dynamite, they actually practice in our back parking lot there. So I watch them and just the choreograph, the practice, the frustration from the band director not lined up properly, just like in football, alignment and assignment. Uh, it's, 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 it's not easy. I have a lot of respect for people that are in the band. Yeah, the stories uh, I was told, and I know we got some former jukebox members watching. Now, Doctor Griggs, he told me one time the best conditioned people on campus <laughs> was a human jukebox. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, I'm about to tell the story, uh, Doctor uh, Doctor Griggs. God rest his soul. Uh, I I felt the 
the uh, fire from him a couple of times, but uh, I'll have to tell that story one day. Wow, Dr. Griggs. Yeah, but uh, man is uh, instrumental. Get it? Instrumental with the with, with the football games and the, uh, the ambience, uh, the atmosphere. Um, we're waiting on uh, Brandon B.J. Jones. He'll, he'll, he'll join us uh, shortly, I'm, I'm sure. But um, last week in the Southwestern Athletic Conference, Alabama A&M, of course, over Bethune-Cookman, 35-27. to It was FAMU over Mississippi Valley State, 34-7. Southern University over Arkansas Pine Bluff, 59-3. It was Prairie View A&M, making it, what, four straight against Grandma State in the State Fair Classic. Um, boy, Grandma State is reeling. It's reeling. And uh, you know what? I'm, I'm not I'm not surprised. Um, you know, that, that football program, Coach Jackson, is, uh, he has his work cut out for him. Um, they, rec- they brought in a lot of new talent. Uh, particularly from the, the state of California, to come in. So it, it's just taking them a while to, uh, to, to to make the adjustment. And um, but they're they're on, they're on the road again today. And then what next week they have their first home game. Wow. Um, elsewhere in the conference, Alabama State over Texas Southern, sixteen to thirteen. Um, since the uh, Southern University win against uh, Texas Southern's win against Southern University, they've dropped two in a row. So sometimes we've, we've talked about it. How do you overcome adversity? And then can you sustain success when you're successful? So again, goes back to the word, I'm looking for consistency. Consistency. That's what I'm looking for. BJ Jones joins us uh I do believe I see the Atlanta Braves hat there, I guess. Uh, my uh, baseball team, I don't think, made it. Uh, but, BJ, good afternoon. How you doing, sir? Doing pretty good, Carlos. How's it going? Uh, going pretty well. We were just discussing uh, last week's uh, ball games. And uh, since you're just joining us, uh, I think you heard the, the scores. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on the games in particular, uh, last week, any game kind of stood out to you, one way or the other? Uh, uh, really, uh, uh, we you know we talked about this last week uh, when I was on Southern bouncing back and and being Southern and that week away, uh, our, our boy picked against us last week. Remember that now? <laughs> we can't let Charles oh, yeah. can't let Charles forget that one now. <laughs> Oh, uh, but he, he's been eating crow. He's ate his crow. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the way that Southern bounced back, the way that they looked on last week, I think that was you know was big. Um, and then, um, Alabama A and M uh, getting it done against Bethune Cookman. You know, their backs were against the wall. Their backs are against the wall again today against Grambling. Uh, you know, Charles is alma mater, and and. I think that those are two of the games that, that really jumped um, out to me, uh, seeing how teams who, to this point, season hadn't gone the way that they would have liked for it to go, um, and seeing how they responded, um, and, and both responded well. Yeah, that's kind of what I've been talking about, adversity, man. I mean, it, it, it's easy. 
when you're winning and you're on a win streak, you're blowing people out and you're, you're dominant. But I relate it to like in a, in, in a boxing match. Let's say you've never been down in your boxing career. Then you get floored. You make the standing eight count. How do you react? And, and that's a, a Southern and Southern has done well. Alabama and them could have given up, but they didn't. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see how, again, these teams, uh, when they face adversity, how do they uh, respond? Uh, Charles, uh, Gramlin, Prairie View, Southern, Arkansas, Pine Bluff, any games that stood out to you? Well, you know, I actually watched the Grambling Preview game. I recorded it because I just want to see what Grambling's got and Preview's got. And, and Grambling right now is just, you know, we talked about in the last segment, Hugh Jackson, his first year, just is not, it's not clicking right now. They had a touchdown call back on a penalty, first of all. They had a chance to get an early score on the board, had a touchdown call back on the penalty. Too many penalties, too many mistakes. And then the way that first half ended was just awful. Preview scored two touchdowns in the last minute 45 of the first half, including one in the last 30 seconds, a defensive score. I mean, that, and that was a difference in the game. They had a touchdown taken off the board. Those two scores late in the first half, and they lose by three scores. That's that's your ball game. That plus the penalties. Um, it was kind of disappointing to, to watch. But, you know, you look at the second half, they're down two scores, and you feel like if they put something together, they can get back in the game. They just never did. So Grambling right now, you know, it's kind of a, a, a mess right now. I know the whole G thing is still floating around out there. You know, I just want to put that to bed. Like, hey, Hugh Jackson knows his team. He knows how to get them motivated. We can agree or disagree with the method behind it. But, you know, at the end of the day, he knows his team better than any of us. So we'll see how they do today against an AM team that got off the mat, you know, against Bethune-Cookman. I didn't see that one because I got that one wrong because I, I just didn't see any offense from AM enough to be able to say that, I feel confident, even on their homecoming, that they were going to win. But they did. So now we'll we'll see, you know, which team gets it done in Huntsville today. Being consistent. Being yeah. consistent. Um, today's schedule, Saturday, October the 8th, uh, FAMU at South Carolina State, uh, 1 p.m. Charles, this one's uh, South Carolina State's pretty tough. Pretty tough at home under Coach Buddy Pugh. Fam, you are on a winning streak right now. Um, who do you see winning this game? Your predictions? Um, I'm going to go with Fam, you. Um, I think Fam, you's in a nice little rhythm right now. You know, I got a chance to look at a little bit of that South Carolina State, South Carolina mm-hmm. game. That, that's a tough thing for South Carolina State. Game moved around due to the hurricane and all that. I, I get that. Money game. I get that. Uh, but I think Florida A&M right now is, a nice, is in a nice rhythm. That Albany State win that they had got me a little concerned, like, is this team going to get off the mat? Because they kind of stumbled and bumbled through Albany State through most of that game. They put some things together in the second half. So I, I do think FAMU's on solid footing. It's going to be tough, though, to win in Orangeburg, but I think FAMU's got a little bit more punch offensively. I'll go with Florida A&M. BJ, I, I'm kind of up in the air on this one. Um your predictions with FAMU and South Carolina State? Man, I'm going FAMU. I mean, South Carolina State um, feels at the quarterback position. I understand that they're going to start uh, another mm. quarterback. They've been inconsistent. Um, I think that a lot of us expected to see the South Carolina State that we saw in December 
Uh, but what, what, what we're seeing is the South Carolina State that we saw the earlier part of the season last year uh, where they mm. were inconsistent at best. Um, and I don't think they get it together today. I think FAMU is trending in the right direction. They've won three in a row. Uh, and I think they're making four in a row today against South Carolina State. Uh, I'm going to make a clean sweep, although I'm tempted. I'm tempted to go with South Carolina State, but inconsistency on offense. FAMU gets it done. They're, they're on the roll right now, and they, they pull themselves off the mat after that Jackson State uh, debacle. And just the adversity they've went through, you know, with certification issues and what have mm. you. Um, Grandma State at Alabama A&M, 1 p.m., HBCU Go TV. Grandma State is really, they're rocking, not in a good way. Alabama A&M at home. Always worth three points, three to seven points. Alabama and m gets their second win in a row. I got them defeating Grambling State University. BJ? Yeah, I'm going to Alabama a and I know that Grambling has a long winning streak. I think it's at five games now against Alabama A&M. Um, I streak think that being, being home is going to make a big difference. That game not being in the hole. Uh, makes a big difference. And I think that if you if you look at who's between the two have been playing the best, it's been Alabama and mm-hmm. m Grambling has played well in, in some spots, and you can see the talent on that football team. Uh, but I think Alabama and m has it uh, together for the most part. And I think that this is going to be a challenging day uh, for that Grambling offense. I think that uh, people have kind of slept on how good uh, well, how much more improved that Alabama A&M defense is. Uh, I like Alabama A&M, but I think it's going to be close, Carlos. I think it's going to be close. So you got Alabama A&M. Uh, let's see, Charles. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, you know, I'm, I'm gonna go with my alma mater on this one. Uh, I, I looked at the game last week. I did see a couple of bright spots. If Grambling comes out and plays the way they did in the second half, I think it'll be a good football game. But Grambling can't have these self-inflicted mistakes, these penalties that take touchdowns off the board, because right now it's still a struggle offensively for them. I think defensively they can get off the field enough, but offensively it's still a challenge for them. The turnovers late in the, you know, late the first half last week, if they can pick up where they left off last week in the second half and made it a two-score game despite all the mistakes they made, you kind of feel like they could get over the hump. They didn't. If they can come out today and start that way, I think they'll have a chance to beat AM. And I, I'm going to go with them. I'm going with Grambling to win this game. And, and I do think Grambling's a little road-weary, too. They may be the last team in the country that hadn't played a home game. They got three in a row coming up, including us. We go there at the end of this month. Uh, I think, you know, I think Grambling may be tired of the road, and I think they get this one, and they come home, and they could be spoilers going down the stretch. I'm sure Hugh Jackson would want a complete four quarters of solid play. They take the second half, they they start the game like in the second half, it gives them a shot to win. They need a complete ball game, four quarters. But um, Charles, you got Grandma State, BJ, and me, Alabama, and them. Texas Southern at Arkansas Pine Bluff, two p.m. UAPB Sports Network. First of all, is will how healthy will UAPB 
B. Two, can they put last week's ball game in the rearview mirror? And then Texas Southern, after the upset of Southern University, they've just been inconsistent. With that being said, though, Pine Bluff, wow. I, I mean, it just depends on how healthy they, they are. If they're not, then you like Texas Southern. If they are healthy, or got some, get some of those players back, they could win. Uh, wow. I'm going to go with Texas Southern. Um, I think Body uh, gets it done. He'll have an explosive game. TSU offense is much better than UAPB's defense. And depending on, again, who they have healthy this week, I'm going with Texas Southern. BJ? I'm going Texas Southern. I think they, they are the most uh, complete team of the two. Um, I think that Arkansas Pine Bluff against Alcorn, remember that Arkansas Pine Bluff Alcorn game last year? I think mm-hmm. that that game this year did the same thing that it did last year. It completely turned around the season for Arkansas Pine Bluff in a negative way. And I think that their losing ways continue today. Uh, for homecoming, unfortunately, I think Texas Southern gets a win. Mm. Charles, no Skylar Perry, no chance. UAPB. No, no. I mean, you you saw it last week. No Skylar Perry, no chance. You saw you saw how dismal offensively they were last week. Um, and we'll see. I mean, Doc Gamble said Skylar Perry is still our quarterback. He said that this week. He's healthy. He's our guy. I get it. He's been there since 2018, but he makes that offense go. Uh, their skill positions are running games. They're respectable. Their receivers are respectable, but you got to have a guy that can get it down the field. Again, no Skylar Perry, no chance. We'll see. If he plays, I say that they win the game. If he doesn't, if he's not healthy, they won't win the game. So we'll see how that unfolds. So your prediction is? My my prediction, if if I – I'm going to go with Texas Southern because I do think they're the better team right now with all the injuries. I do think Pine Bluff's a lot more banged up. So if I had to bet some money on it, I would bet Texas Southern, and I think UAPB is heading down that dangerous road again in which all corn could completely collapse their season. They're heading down that road again. Jackson State and Alabama State, 2 p.m. ESPN 3. Jackson State is – the number one team in the conference, no doubt about it. Uh, Coach Sanders, uh, I, it, it, look, it's sensationalism at its best. <laughs> really, Coach Sanders, it, uh, the homecoming just the way it falls, you know. And oh, but Jackson State is, is the better team to me. Alabama State inconsistent offensively. They may come out with a lot of energy. They may come out uh, fired up. But when it's all said and done, Jackson State is just better, too good. And if maybe if they can keep it close, maybe they'll shock the world. But I like Jackson State in this ball game today. I don't know, man. Carlos, man, in this one, I, I think that homecoming to Montgomery, I'll be in the building. Actually, on my way there now. Okay. Um, I think that. I think Alabama State's going to put up a fight, but I think at the end of the day, Jackson State is just too much. Um, too many athletes, man. There's too, ball, this, this ball club is talented, and they're getting talent back at the right time. I like 
I like Jackson State. Charles, I'll be I'll be absolutely shocked if Jackson State loses this game, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's close. This is one of the biggest, and BJ can probably attest to this. This is probably one of the biggest home games Alabama State's had in a long time. A sellout crowd at Hornet Stadium. I mean, tickets are at a premium. I mean, it's big, it's, it's big time down there. And uh, there'll probably be 40,000 people around that stadium today. So it, Montgomery will be the place to be. If it's a low-scoring game, I give Bama State a puncher's chance because their defense has been really, really, really good. Um, but if Jackson State gets it going, if Shadour gets it going, that offense gets it going, I see no chance. I'm going with Jackson State to win the game, but I would not be surprised if it's close. I think we lost BJ. We maybe we'll get him uh, right back. Um, Bethune Cookman at Tennessee State. Wow, Tennessee State. Well, how will they respond? That's a that's that seems to be the theme today. How will they respond against a Bethune Cookman team who have been in the state for a couple of what week and a half because yeah. of uh, the hurricane? Uh, their campus uh, sustained. Uh, you know, some damage. So with that being said, you would think, Charles, Tennessee State, I want to see how they respond. I mean, after last week's uh, shocking loss, I say they respond well. They get their first win of the season. And Bethune-Cookman happens to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. I like Tennessee State in this ball game, and uh, that's where I see it. Yeah, uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with the folks down in Daytona. Saw the damage that the, that that was presented on that campus. And I know that's just tough for those players and everybody in that program to, to kind of focus on what you got to focus on, despite you know what's going on at home. Uh, I, I think emotionally and mentally, I don't I don't know if Bethune Cookman's going to be all the way there. Um, I do think. For Tennessee State, they're at home. I do think they'll bounce back. I, I have Tennessee State winning that game. And, of course, the game is 5 p.m. ESPN+. Plus. Last but not least, Alcorn State at Mississippi Valley State, 6 p.m. ESPN+. Plus. Once again, Valley is tough. They may be a better team than last year. Defensively, they play hard. They rally around the football offensively, inconsistent at best. And I think Alcorn State will try to run on first down, second, and third. If Valley does not stop Alcorn State's rushing attack, it could be a long night. And then, too, when you're running the football, unless you're just you know having a lot of explosive plays, you and they can very well do that, Alcorn. But I think they'll control the clock. And um, Alcorn State is just just a better football team at, at, at this point. They they defeat Mississippi Valley State, my prediction. Yeah, this, it, this is going to be a tough game because Valley always plays us tough in Itabina. And, you know, uh, an alum called me a couple weeks ago. He was just kind of running down the schedule in terms of who he thinks we're going to beat and all that. And he says, that Valley game, he said, it's the law of averages. And I'm like, what do you mean? He said, the law of averages means this. At some point, you've been winning these close games with Valley. At some point, you're not. And so this person believes we're going to lose at Valley 
today. This is an Alcorn alum. And he believes that the law of averages. And I think he was saying that based on that and based on the way we were hmm. playing at the time. Um, I, I think if the Braves come out and run the football the way they've been doing it with Jarvion Howard, with Nico Duffy, with Javante Leatherwood, if they do that ground and pound, they will just ground Valley to a halt. And I, I expect that to happen. But what the Braves can't do is what happened with Grambling last week, self-inflicted penalties and turnovers and mistakes, because Valley's going to play hard. They will do that. Uh, and and when you think about it, what's disappointing to me when I look at Valley, they've actually played better in the non-conference games. Tarleton, Delta State, they played better in those games than they have in conference games. Jackson State and Florida a and albeit the two best teams on the eastern side. So I, I do expect Valley to come out and play hard with a lot of passion. But at the end of the day, I think the Braves' defense will stand tall. We're going to run that football make it a little more comfortable for Aaron Allen. And if we get a decent lead, I do expect, you know, a little more, more passing in the passing attack uh, to get him going because a lot of people are concerned about Aaron Allen in that passing game. We haven't needed it because our running game. A lot Valley of people point. concerned about the quarterback position. And it's even more news this week as it was revealed that our backup quarterback, Marquevian Quinn, a, a kid that was slated to be the number two, has left the program. And so now you've got a kid, Trey Lawrence, who will be elevated to the number two position. So now that's a little bit of a storyline to deal with. and got to get Aaron Allen going. Fred McNair said he's not concerned about the passing game at this point. He's not concerned about it at all. But at some point, as we talked about in the last hour, when teams stack up the box and you can't run the football, what do you do? You know, this could this, – I mean, I hope not, but this may be one of those games which Valley just might be stuffing the run a little bit. Then it puts it on Aaron Allen's shoulders. So that's something to, to be concerned about. I do think the Braves are the better team. I think Valley's going to play hard. But what the Braves cannot do is get off to a slow start and give Valley life and confidence at home. That can't happen because if it does, it could be a long night. We haven't played Valley at 6 o'clock in Itabina since I've been here. I asked Fred McNair about it. Can he remember a time in which he played Valley at a 6 o'clock kickoff? He said not since the days that he was playing. So it, it, this is kind of new for us, you know, playing up, playing here at 6 o'clock. Normally it's 2 or 4. It's 6 o'clock under the lights. It's going to be uh, interesting. But I do think the Braves will win the game. I just think they're just a better football team, more complete. And I think they'll be able to grind Valley to a halt in terms of running the football and taking time off the clock and limiting Valley's possessions. I think it behooves all corn to get that passing attack going because I, I, I'm a firm believer in being balanced. I, I know, you, yeah, you have to run the football, particularly um, when you're going up against an explosive offensive team. And that's a valid point. Those who are concerned for our all corn state as far as getting a passing attack. And, and, and you know, when you're being one-dimensional, you can get away with it. So far, and the, and the history lesson last year with Southern University show where you have to diversify your offense. If you're one-dimensional and someone, a team, takes away what you do best and the only thing you do well, it's a valid point. So we shall see. Um, Southern and Prairie View. I think we've lost BJ. We may, we may get him back, but um, – it's going to be 
uh, up close. It's going to be personal. Um, Trazon Conley with Prairie View. I, I think Southern University, they will have to stop Prairie View's vaunted running attack and make them one-dimensional. And I would live with it. If I'm Coach Henry Miller, defensive coordinator, we're going to put pressure. We want to have the same start that we had defensively against Arkansas Pine Bluff. If Pine Bluff, excuse me, if Prairie View is successful running the football like they've done in the games already this season, it's going to make it extra tough on, on, on Southern University because that's what Prairie View wants to do. They want to keep Southern's offense off the field. And you know, whether you agree or disagree, Southern offensively, the capability of being very explosive. You kind of saw last week that offense kind of get the timing down. Can they still improve? Yes. Have you seen everything offensive that Southern University uh, will do? I don't think you have. Coach Dooley is an offensive guru. He's offensive coordinator. But also, Bashawn McCray has to put together another solid, consistent performance. Now, defensively, Prairie View, very physical, very good defensively. I gave you the, the stats in our number one scoring defense. They're, 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 they're right there. They're very good. But now on the back end of their defense is where you could have some success. But teams have not been able to take advantage of that because they've been able to defensively to get after people but as simple as this which defense is able to stop the running game and i think purview and them defensively they're going to say the same thing charles let's see if Bashawn mccray can beat us throwing the football so balance for southern university is, is critical and and specifically with Bashawn mccray he has to make plays when when available special teams Prairie View is very solid. They lead the league in field goals. So, you know they can get it done there. Southern special teams have, have, have been, they've gotten better. They've gotten better. With all that said and done, Charles, how much of an impact will Jason Dumas, Jason Dumas, coming back to Prairie View, the storylines, Coach Dooley and assistants, they say they're not going to get caught up in the motions. It's about winning the week. This is an important game that they need, and they want to come out successful. Your prediction, I think I know where you're going with this, but your prediction. You know, I've been talking to old. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. 
HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Uh, Charles, we were interrupted, but um, I was talking with Southern and, and Prairie View and your predictions. Um, continue. You were saying your heart is my, with Prairie View, my, but. Yeah, my gut is telling me Prairie View. And mm-hmm. just because they're at home, I think that makes a difference. I think, you know, you talked about one of the games in which the home team, I think Alabama A&M is worth points. And I think those points are huge. Even though the Jaguar Nation will be out there in full force, you know that. Um, you know, Prairie View kind of let Grambling off the hook a little bit in the second half. And I think that's a little bit of a concern to me because, you know, as bad as Grambling played in the first half and giving away two touchdowns late in the first half last week, you look up in the third quarter, I turned the TV on something else. I was watching the cooking channel or something else that was going on. And I turned the game back on in the third quarter, and Graham was down two scores. And I'm like, they're still in this thing. And so that's that's something that if Southern keeps playing through it on the road and with that offense doing what they can do and what they what they did last week, that could be a, uh, an issue which Southern could win the game. But I just think that Prairie View being at home, I think that's the difference in the game. If the game were in Baton Rouge, I'd go with Southern. The game is at, is at Prairie View at Panther Stadium. It should be a full house there. Um, I'm going with the Panthers to win this game. But I would not be surprised if Southern came out of there with a win and then it'll lead to another big game at Alcorn next week. Well, Charles, I, I hope uh, your prediction is as wrong as last week. <laughs> <laughs> Because you said they're going to lose two weeks in a row. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. And, and wouldn't it just be sweet? Alcorn rolls in and Southern University is coming off a loss to preview. It still would, they would, that, they would be mad. So yeah. either way, Alcorn's showing up next week. I say they're going to show up with first place still in play. I like the Jaguars to win this ball game. This afternoon starts at uh, 4 p.m. ESPN Plus. I'll be in the man cave with all of the scores going on, all of the uh, other broadcasts, but I'll be zoomed in on that Southern ball game. Look, I I think it comes down again to uh, energy, effort, execution, the three E's. I'm not worried about will they be fired up. I think all the pressure is actually on Prairieville. Now, Southern has won four out of the last five, albeit last year, Coach Dooley brings Prairieview in to A.W. Mumford Stadium, and they put a good old-fashioned butt whipping on them. That was last year. That This was this year. I think it's going to be important for Southern to 
make Prairie View, beat them throwing the football. And if they're able to do that, I'll live with it. I'll live with it. Southern University would have lost with Prairie View throwing the football. But you must stop the three, the four-prong running attack, the four-headed monster. Let's say three, one in reserve. You must stop it. You got to get them into a third long. If they're successful, and we saw Texas Southern be successful on first down, I think they average something like six, seven yards on first down, keep it second and short. Down and distance will be very important. Let's see if Southern can bring consistency. Coming off a, a big victory last week, they've forgotten about it, but they've got to start, start fast. And I think also what's going to be a key again is being able to be balanced. Watch Gerard Sims. Watch Kendrick Rhymes coming out of the backfield. And can Southern, on the flip side, on offense, Charles, can they be successful on first downs? If we look at statistics last week, and I know UAPB starters out on defense as well, different beats with, with uh, Prairie View and them defensively. They're a lot better. So they're going to have to come out. They, meaning Southern, they're going to have to come out with a outstanding game plan. They're going to have to execute. But I'm looking for the energy. And the last time they were on the road, they did not perform well. Now, I've been looking at some of the chats during the break in the chat room. Yes, Southern fans will show up in force. They, they will be there. I get it. A.W. Mumford West, that's what's being said. <laughs> All the pressure is going to be, to me, on Prairie View. Is there pressure on Southern University? Yes. We talked about it. A loss? going to be very tough for them to uh, make those predictions come true. And uh, that prediction was number one in the West. Will Prairie View come out with a chip on their shoulder? I think so. Yeah, they feel disrespected. They're the defending Western Division champs. So uh, this has the ingredients, the makings of an outstanding football game at 4 p.m. And then one of your things, Charles, special teams. Will a special team play be the difference? The beat writer, Jim Klein-Peter, predicts Prairie View by one point. To me, it's a toss-up. It could go either way. I would be shocked yeah. if it's a blowout either way. Yeah, but I, I don't. I'll take. I don't think it'll be a blowout. I'm kind of with Jim. I do think it's going to be a one-possession game, and it's look, it's 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 back and forth. I mean, I think it's do two different types of pressures. I think for Prairie View, it's the pressure of obviously staying in control of the West and. You got your former coach coming back in, and you're coaching uh, first year coach there. That coach is that. I mean, so all those dynamics is there, but there's pressure, that type of pressure for Southern University. It's about survival. Again, if you lose this game, you're probably not going to win the West. Probably not. I mean, not saying that you're mathematically eliminated, but a lot has to happen that you can't control. So this is the biggest game because it's the next game. Um, so I do think it's another kind of pressure for Southern University. But as we've seen, they got off the mat at home last week uh, against uh, UAPB. 
Can they keep it going on the road, with which you have to be a little bit more focused on the road, even though your fan base will be there cheering you on and backing you up? It's a little bit different playing on the road. So we'll we'll see. The last time Southern hit the road, you know what happened. Will it happen again for the Jaguar Nation? You hope not. But they might have learned from that lesson. So we'll see. But, it's, you know, this was a toss-up to me. You know, I, I was back and forth all week on it. I just something tells me being at home is the difference. And I even know Southern will have a great following today. I think Prairie View is going to win this football game. I, I say it's going to be 27 to 26. I'm about to pick a score. 27-26. Prairie View kicks a field goal at the at the horn and wins it. 27-26. That's 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 my prediction. Let me get a let me get some numbers on that. I said my prediction Southern wins it. I'm gonna say 28-21. I think Prairie View will score some points, but once again, I'm interested to see how Southern defensively, how they're going to uh, attack Prairie View's running game. I think both teams will try to stop the running games, but I think Southern University offensively is better than Prairie View's offense, only because Prairie View and them runs the football very well. Passing, not as well. Not as good. And I think uh, McCray will be, uh, will have an opportunity to be consistent for the second week in a row. If he makes good reads, he doesn't turn the ball over. I will take a five touchdown to one interception performance again by Bashan. And then the X factor is this. He can from an athletic standpoint, he's really good. You know, uh, if we think about what Quentin Reshore said last week, sometimes you revert to your athleticism playing the position of quarterback instead of, you know, going through your progressions and being able to 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 read uh, defenses. And I think he'll have another opportunity to excel at that. Won't be easy. Once again, because Purview defensively, very physical, very physical. But I think Southern will have an opportunity to make some big plays. Will they be able to take advantage of those opportunities? Well, we're going to end today's show a little bit early. But uh, hopefully the games to be played today will be outstanding. Um, There are going to be some winners. There are going to be some losers, Charles. I hope my predictions are better this week than yours again. I'm trying to be consistent with my predictions. But look, when you're talking about 18 to 22-year-old kids, you just never, you just never know. Yeah. You just never know. Closing statement, Charles. Well, I tell you what, you know, right now there's some swing games as we talk about. If we put the what if scenario out there, and let's just let's just say what if, all right. So we all have Jackson State beating Alabama State. What if that doesn't happen? Do you know how in the East how that brings Alabama State into play? It brings FAMU into play, and it brings Alabama A and M into play. If Jackson loses this game today, it's going to be a wild scene at Hornet Stadium. It's going to be a great atmosphere. We do think Jackson's just the better, more talented team. 
All right, so that's on the eastern side. You got Prairie View undefeated. You got Alcorn undefeated. And on the western side, let's say the Jaguars show up and show out and win that game. Hand Prairie View loss. Heaven forbid if the Braves lose tonight at 6 o'clock against Valley, they've got a loss. This could, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I hope it doesn't from our standpoint, but let's say it does. Man, you talk about topsy-turvy. You talk about this division race on both sides being turned upside down. That's exactly what we would have. So each and every week, you just got to buckle up and and hold on because you don't know what's going to happen. We've seen upsets already in the conference. Let's just see what happens come 10 o'clock tonight to see if the trends continue or are we going to have another jaw-dropping moment like what we've seen the last few weeks? Let the games begin. Consistency is what you're striving for. And if adversity hits, how do you respond? That's what I'm looking at. Uh, I want to thank Roy, A.D., Charles Edmund, B.J. Jones, and you guys and ladies for watching today's Coles Brown Show. We'll see you next Saturday at 11 a.m. for another edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network until next Saturday at 11 a.m. as usual. Peace and God bless.